One fourth of your new hires will leave in the first 45 days. And if they don't leave then, they tend to leave before their first anniversary. Almost half of your new hires will wash out in their first 18 months. That's our topic today. Our title is Getting New Hires to Stay, Onboarding Tools, Tips, and Tricks to Reduce Turnover and Increase Motivation in the Workplace. I'm going to share with you about why new hire turnover is more important than it has ever been before, why today it matters the most. It's information you are familiar with, I'm sure, but I'm just going to give you a reminder on that. I'm going to give you the three things that I think you should do from day one to keep people on the job, your new hires. There is one particular thing that will make a dramatic difference, and it's an easy thing to do, and I don't think most people do it. So I'm going to talk about that, and I'm going to give you 32 ideas, tools, and tips, things you can start doing right away to make a difference. It's expensive to hire people. On average, the cost can run anywhere from $4,000 to $20,000 per person based on the level of the position, and it can take weeks, sometimes months, to find the right person. So we want to do everything we can when they start that crucial window of time when they're making the decision whether to stay or go. And there are things you can begin using right away that will make a difference in your bottom line and to your team and therefore your profits. So let's get started. Important topic. Hey, Michael, hit it. Welcome to the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast, a show designed for leaders, trainers, and consultants who are responsible for employee selection and professional development. Each episode is packed full with insider tips, best practices, expert interviews, and inspiration. Please welcome the host who is helping leaders, trainers, and consultants everywhere, Susie Price. Welcome. My name is Susie Price. I am your host for this podcast. I'm also an assessment analyst, professional facilitator, author, and the founder of Priceless Professional Development and the creator of this podcast, the Wake Up Beaker Workforce podcast, which I love to do. And I'm glad to be back focused on it with you. Today, I am starting a series of a couple of podcasts about onboarding. Official title for today's podcast is Getting New Hires to Stay, Onboarding Tools, Tips, and Tricks to Reduce Turnover and Increase Motivation in the Workplace. And I'm going to also, I said that it's a series, I'm going to interview a human resource executive who works in a company where they have about 10,000 employees and another human resource executive who has about 250 employees. And both have been in the field of human resource management for numerous years. And so we're going to talk to them in a separate podcast about what they do, what they see that works, what doesn't work. So I'm excited to do this series because as I mentioned, there's reasons why this is so important today. We're going to get right into that. I want, do want to mention where the show notes are, the show notes for this podcast, because there's going to be links and there's an infographic that I'm going to mention and other things. If you want to find our show notes, it's at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash new hire, pricelessprofessional.com forward slash new hire, all one word, lowercase. A lot of the material that I'm going to talk about today started from my book, How to Hire Superior Performers. And if you would like to check that book out, it is 70 Best Practices, Tips, and Strategies for Interviewers and Professionals. It can be found at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash hire book, H-I-R-E book. 
B-O-O-K. You can do it in a PDF. You can read it on your Kindle. You can get a print version. What I have had people tell me that they like about the book is with the hiring, what happens is we're very busy and sometimes we don't want to focus on spending time to up-level our hiring skills until we actually need to hire someone and then we're under the gun. And so what I did with this book is I created an optional add-on to the book, which is you can get learning bursts and you can sign people up on your team to do this too for training. So a learning burst is just an email a day, Monday through Friday for 70 days. It's basically the content of the book. And so the idea is 1% a day, I'm going to focus on this topic of becoming a better interviewer, do a better job of hiring. So I make sure I get a fit, get the right fit. I talk about onboarding in there and new hires. So all kinds of good tips and information and resources, and they build on each other for the learning burst. But if you get the book at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash hire book, H-I-R-E-B-O-O-K, you can sign up for those email tips and get them Monday through Friday. So it's an easy way to get you trained or get others trained in this process of being a better interviewer or hirer. And there's really nothing more important than that in business. If you want the business to grow, you got to have the right people. And if you want to have the right people, you've got to do a good job of interviewing and hiring. And so... I encourage you to check that out and encourage you to listen today because once you've spent all that time and energy doing a really good job of hiring the right person, now you want to do all the right things to keep them there. I want to also mention that we have a numerous podcast. This is episode number 44. And if you want to find out what else we have recorded and topics that you can discover and listen to, you can go to wakeupeagerworkforce.com. Wakeupeagerworkforce.com. That's all one word. And I also have an Android and an Apple app. So you can download those apps onto any of your iPhone or iPad or Samsung phone. You'll be notified immediately when we have a new podcast available for you. And as I mentioned, this is going to be a series. So my hope is if I could get on their schedules and we get it scheduled, we'll have the other two interviews that I'm going to do on this topic about getting new hires to stay right behind this one. So what I want you to think about is I want you to think about your first day at either your current company, you know, when you first came to your first position within your company, your first day, your first week, your first month, how did it go? How did you feel? Were you eager? Were you nervous? Ready to go? Did you sleep well the night before? And then once you got there, you were excited, you obviously accepted the position to work within your company. Once you arrived, how were you treated? Did you get what you needed from your manager and from your teammates and from the human resources department and from the company? How did they do? If you had to rate them, did they do a good job or a bad job? Did they welcome you and help you get integrated in the company and into your new position? What worked? What did they do well? Think back. You might not have specifics, but you'll have general impressions of how it went you know, what worked? What did they do well? What helped you? And what didn't help you? What could have been better? When I go through that exercise for myself, now I've had my business now for 15 years as a consultant and at Priceless Professional Development. So it's been a while since I've been a new employee in an organization. But I do recall very clearly my start. And it's more of an essence. I don't remember particulars, but I remember how I felt and how I was treated. 
I was starting at an international software company and I was super excited about the position because it was somebody that I respected and a friend of mine who I had grown up with had introduced me to the company. She was very successful within the company and had kind of made the ways through for me, through networking for me to get the interview. And so it was better pay. It was international travel. It was being able to learn more and do more facilitation, which is what I do full time now today. So it was felt like the best opportunity. I did not sleep very well the night before. I could not wait to get started and to apply my energies toward whatever they needed me to do. I was just super, super eager and happy. And what I recall upon landing there, my first day and the first weeks and months there is it took several weeks before I got my laptop. Now, this was a software company and this was years ago, but still, so I couldn't really be productive because I didn't have an email and I didn't have a laptop that worked. The team was disjointed. My person that I was so excited to work for was unavailable and unfriendly. We were in a regional office and we weren't at the headquarters. It was here in Atlanta and the headquarters was in California. So the regional office had other departments, of course, close by. When I walked down the hall, none of those folks looked you in the eye. Ate lunch by myself. Didn't know where any of that was because nobody was really very helpful. I mean, it was the worst situation I think you could have in regard to not feeling welcomed and not sure what your role is. And I'm pretty itchy. If I'm not feeling productive, I'm pretty unhappy pretty quickly. That's always kind of been a part of my nature. I knew from that first day, and I'm going to share some statistics with you about new hires are making up their mind on that first day, whether they're going to stay or go. Almost all new hires are saying, I like this or I don't. And so while I err towards the look for the good and be positive and, you know, this will be okay, kind of mind thoughts and expression, I was not really feeling that. I beat the stats that I talked about earlier where people don't make it through their first anniversary or they wash out in 18 months. I lasted two years, but very early on within that organization, I knew it wasn't going to be a keeper. The culture and the lack of team collaboration and some of that was very challenging and lack of direction. But I did within six months, I had my resume circulating and I just kind of took my time because I did learn a lot in this company. And, and actually, it's exactly what led me to become a facilitator because I got to use those skills. So it was a great opportunity. But if you want to go down the path of how it was to be a new hire there, they get a, a failing grade on that one. And I wanted to share another story from a different perspective. I was having a conversation with a human resource manager. She is in a small to mid-sized company that wants to grow. And so they've had the same level of staff for many, many years. They haven't had much turnover. So everybody there has a lot of tenure. They've been around 10 or more years, but they want to grow the company by 25%. So they're hiring new people and they're looking for and hiring highly sought after technical people. So one, the process of finding the right person with the right skill set is taking them time and money. And then, you know, these are highly sought after people who have a lot of other options. But because the culture has been so insular for such a long time and outsiders have not really been in the organization or coming in very much, the managers and the leadership team from This person's perspective, the human resource manager, they don't really realize that it's their job to welcome in the new person. 
and they're being treated, it sounds like to me a bit like how it was when I landed into that big company where nobody's really, really saying, welcome here, let me integrate you. Let me take you to lunch. Let me introduce people. Here's how we do things. Literally no onboarding process there. And the managers are super, super busy. Not only have they not really had to do much of this because it's you know, times are changing for the organization. They're super, super busy and they just don't even see. And it's not been told to them by their leader, the person who runs that company, that this is part of their job. So this human resource manager is running around. Literally, that's the vision I've got running around trying to plug the holes, basically. So when someone comes on board, she's initiating as best she can an onboarding process, you know, taking them around to introduce them, arranging for them to go to lunch and dinner. So she's doing a lot of the work and some of it is working. She's had to jump in a couple of times and talk people out of leaving before they'd even been there, you know, a month. And then funny, when she was talking to me about the situation, I got this visual of, you know, a roof that's leaking. It's raining really hard and there's water coming in different spots. And I envisioned her with a bucket running over trying to, you know, stop the water from coming into the building. And then, whoops, there's another leak and she's running over there. And so it is uh, interesting that it could be so prevalent and how from the outside looking in, you think, God, this is so important, but it is not as unusual as we think. Harvard Business Review says that almost 25% of organizations have no onboarding process at all. Hence the reason for this podcast. And to say, if you already have onboarding process, I do think you might find tips. There's a couple of things, the one thing you may not be doing and a couple other things that I think will find useful. But if you don't just know, there's a lot of other organizations that are in the same boat. If you have no real process, you know, this is definitely for you. So let's talk about, there are three reasons why this getting new hires to stay is especially important today. First is market conditions. The second is something that's always been there, which is the cost of turnover. What's happening now more than ever is people will leave because of market conditions. They're going to leave quicker if they're not satisfied or they don't feel like they can get productive. And then the third reason that this topic is so important is most organizations don't do a very good job with this process of new hires. So quickly, I'll touch on each one of those first market conditions. So job growth is outpacing the population growth of working Americans ages 25 to 54. So the market is tight. In May 2018, unemployment fell to 3.8%, the lowest rate since 2000, and a sign that the job market is becoming even more competitive. The last time the unemployment rate remained below 4% for a sustained period was in the late 1960s. So this is a new wave of something new. And it was interesting today, I uh, took my sweet little puppies, Oscar and Walter, to get groomed very early this morning. So I was up and about running them over to the groomer. And as I was coming back, there was a retail store with a sign out that said, start today, get paid tomorrow. I've never seen a sign that said that, hey, come work for us. We'll get you money right away. So it just made me smile to think because I knew I was going to record this today and share this with you. And it's, you know, businesses need people. We all need people. And, you know, the unemployment rate is low, lower than it's been in a long time. So it is important to do a good job with the new hires. The second reason that is so important right now on top of market conditions is 
just something that's always been there is it's expensive when people turn over and leave. It can be one and a half times their salary. If they're uh, an executive or a sales role with a you know, big impact, it can be eight times the salary. Some statistics that are interesting is, and I alluded to this, but here's some more specifics. 86% of new hires decide to stay or leave within the first six months. And 67% think about leaving on the first day. So that was me. I was one of those when I was with that big software company. And then you think about the new hires at that company where the human resource manager was filling in the blanks for the managers who weren't seeing that as part of their job. So those new hires come in, they have a poor experience. You know, almost three fourths of them are thinking about, okay, how do I get out of here? I was excited. Now I'm not. And I'll give you a quick example of the cost just to remind you, I've used this example in my book often and I've talked about it on other podcasts, but say you have a 25 person team. And you say that the cost of turnover is one and a half times the average salary. And in a year and a half, four people leave, which is kind of what they're saying about some of these percentages about turnover and people leaving in their first 18 months. So in the average salary, we'll just make an easy number is $50,000 per person. So 25 employees, $50,000 salary on average per employee, four people leave. You multiply the four people leaving times one and a half the salary, you get an annual cost of turnover for this 25-person team of $300,000. That is really expensive. So turnover is expensive. So we've got market conditions making it hard to find people. We've got the expense and cost of turnover, one and a half times a person's salary. And there's an interesting statistic that says that and it's the reason for this episode, is 60% of new hires will stay if they have a solid new hire experience. So it's really important to nail this. And the third reason we're talking about this today is most organizations are doing it poorly. So again, Harvard Business Review said almost a quarter of organizations have no onboarding process at all. Research says that employees who go through an onboarding process experience 50% greater new hire retention and 69% are more likely to stay for three years if they experience a great onboarding process. And then this was interesting. Texas Instruments talked about this. They spend a lot of, lot of focus on executing a great onboarding program and they found that the typical time, and I have seen this in other research, but the typical time it takes for a newly hired employee to reach full productivity is eight months. Eight months. I mean, that's a long time, right? Think about that. And I think about that with that international software company. It, it was eight months or longer before I was really a full contributor because of how complex the organization was and understanding you know, who reports to who and how to get things done. Well, Texas Instrument figured out and measured that through their onboarding process, they were able to take employees and have them be fully productive two months faster than the eight months. So, I mean, that is a testament right there of the power and the value. So you get two months more productivity and a lot less turnover if you can put together an onboarding program that works well for you. So there's more stats and, and ammunition. If you're listening to this and you're saying, yes, 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 I've been saying these things. I do think it's important. Well, there's a good infographic that you could share with others if you're trying to make your case to your boss or to your colleagues or 
whomever within your company. It's an infographic that was made. Somebody sent it to me, I believe, but an employee software company called Urban Bound created the infographic and I have a link to it in the show notes. I don't know anything about the organization, so I'm not promoting them. I'm just saying that the infographic is very helpful and can kind of back up all the things that we're talking about here that I'm mentioning. And you can find a link to that in the show notes for today's show, pricelessprofessional.com forward slash new hire. We want to beat the statistics and we know why now because of market conditions, the cost of turnover, and so many organizations aren't good at the onboarding process. So here are three things you need to focus on when you're thinking about onboarding, whether it's very formal program or an informal program, or if it's the company wide, or it's just your team and you're deciding you're going to take the bull by the horn and make sure it happens well within your team. There are three things you need to be thinking about, three goals that you want to have. One, you want to do the things that you do in your onboarding. You want to reduce the new hire's fears. That's the first thing. The second thing you want to do is increase their understanding of the company and the job. And the third thing is you want to give them everything they need so they can be productive quickly. So if you reduce fear and you help them feel a part of the company so that they understand the dynamics and the players, and then they're productive, what do you think? What does that sound like? Huh, that sounds like a happy employee who's going to stay. That's where we're going next. I'm going to talk a little bit about that, and then we'll go into the actual tips. I want to let you know if you are a current or future employee who uses our superior performance hiring assessment process. So I have many clients who use the talent reports for new hires. We have a report and a process that you could use in the onboarding process. It's called the New Hire Coaching and Working Together Effectively process. And basically what it does is it takes the reports that you're using for hiring to make hiring decisions. And we create a custom report that you can use between yourself, the manager, and a new employee that can help you figure out how to work together, talk about each person's preferences, how to communicate, what motivates you. And if you do this process on this very simple coaching report that we create for you, You're going to help a manager and employee learn how to work together more effectively. And it immediately demonstrates the company's commitment to employee growth and development, which is very important to almost all people in the workforce, but particularly to millennials. Is somebody investing in me? Are they looking out for me and my growth and development? So this coaching report is an easy and effective way to keep new hires engaged. So we have a do-it-yourself system where we can give you the agenda of how to have the conversation and give you the report. And we can also facilitate these types of conversations. I actually worked with one organization. They brought in a new executive. She had 10 direct reports and I held one-to-one calls between the new executive and each direct report and facilitated a conversation about how they were going to work together. So that's a little bit of a commercial for you about a tool that we have. It's the New Hire Coaching and Working Together Effectively Report. And if you are interested in that, just reach out to me, pricelessprofessional.com forward slash Susie, S-U-Z-I-E, pricelessprofessional.com forward slash Susie, S-U-Z-I-E.
Okay, so we're back to our topic of new hire tools and tips. So let's talk about the three things that you need to focus on. You need to reduce your new hire's fears, increase their understanding of the company and the job, and make sure that they become happily productive. So we're going to go into that. And let's start with, you've just made the offer to your best candidate. And they said, yes, yay, celebration, woohoo, party. I got the person I want and he or she is awesome. And we're so happy to have them coming on board. You are done with hiring for a while. Thank goodness. I can go focus on other things, right? Uh, well, kind of wrong, almost. There's still more to do. And so what I want to remind you of when you do hire that perfect person is to stay in touch with them. Your new hire isn't there until they're actually there. Let's say that together. My new hire isn't here until they're actually here. Best in class companies are more likely to begin onboarding before day one. And so how do you do that? doesn't have to be anything complicated, but if you say to yourself, okay, I'm excited I hired them, but they're not here yet. So I need to do some things. You want to send some emails. You want to keep in touch. You want to line out exactly what it takes to get started. Don't leave that in anyone else's hands. Make sure that you're communicating a full explanation of everything that's going to happen from the paperwork to the start date to benefits and more so that you have a informed new hire that actually shows up on their start date, you know, is happy that I'm there, you know, they're happy. So you have to just remember they're not there until they're there. That is a big step that gets missed sometimes because we're just so relieved to be done with the interviewing because it takes so much time and we've got stuff to do, other things to do. But don't forget that little big step of making sure they know what's going on. If you have to over communicate, touch base, and you will have more success when they actually walk in the door that first day. So we talked about, or I mentioned that you want to reduce a new hire's fears. I believe that every seasoned executive, every professional, every new hire from the new college grad to the 50-year-old executive, there is some apprehension when you're moving into a new company. There's new players. They may appear confident, but everybody's wondering, you know, hey, I want to make sure this works. So if you keep in mind that you want to reduce fear, think about that and realize and understand that even the most confident person can feel apprehensive about moving into a new company. So what are the things that you can do to reduce that fear? And a lot of it is the next part, which is helping them understand what company have they come to, you know, help them understand the culture, the structure, the product line, the business vision. You know, the more background and knowledge you can give a new hire about the big picture, the more they're going to understand where they fit into that big picture. And then you want to help them get up to speed productively quickly or be productive quickly. And there's the one thing that I want you to do, which I'm going to talk about next, that will help with that. If I'm productive quickly, then I am going to be more likely to stay. And one of the tools that you could use is, and it's the number one thing that I think you should do, and you should do it for every employee, and that is share a performance dashboard for the position. Job descriptions are helpful, but they are often long, complicated, and overwhelming to the person doing the job. A performance dashboard, which is these are the three to five things that must happen in the job in order for the job to be successful, that's clarity. So now you're giving somebody structure and vision of what's most important on the job. So let me have you think about a scenario for a moment. 
think about you as a new teenage driver. So way back when, or maybe it's not very far or long ago, depending on your age. But when you were a new teenage driver and you were taking your first week of driving lessons and your driving teacher was there to help you, but he or she removed all the dials on the car's dashboard. So you're in the car and you can't see the gas. You can't see the time. You can't see the map. You can't see any of the important things. You know, how fast are you going? All those dials are gone. And what if your driving teacher never even mentioned the dashboard? They just put you in the car and then gave you the manual that came with the car, which is about 250 pages, plopped you down at a desk and said, okay, this is your first day of driving school. Get to it. You don't have any dials. You're reading a manual. And your teacher were to say something like, everything you need to know about driving is in that manual. Good luck. And then you never see your driving teacher for weeks, weeks and weeks. Now, that seems like a crazy backward way to get somebody comfortable in driving a new vehicle and driving at all. And they're not going to become a good driver that way. They can read the manual, but they have no guidance, no mentorship, and no understanding of what the dials are, you know, and how fast they're driving or not driving. And if they're on the right map, what's going on? So it's backwards to do that, but unfortunately, that's what happens in organizations. And so, you know, 60% of companies fail to set milestones or goals for new hires. So that's why I, I think that performance dashboard is mandatory, which is the top three to five priorities, which would be the goals and mandatories. And in the U.S., we spend an estimated $37 billion to help or keep unproductive employees who don't understand their job. So start outright, give them what they need to understand the job and understand how they're going to be measured. There's a organization, MasterCard, I'm sure you've heard of it, and it's a quote by the Vice President of Learning Development for MasterCard, Jawanda Stabber. She says this, when a new member joins our team, our goal is to set them on a path to sustainable success by giving them a clear basis for understanding their role within the company and how they can contribute. The sheer amount of information new hires encounter can be overwhelming, so we want to ensure that the experience we provide is clear, cohesive, and complete. Now, I don't know a lot about their onboarding process, but I do know that the performance dashboard gives you that awareness of what their role is. They're not going to be overwhelmed. They're not sitting at their desk reading this big, thick manual. They can actually get in the car and drive when they have a performance dashboard. If you want to know more about a performance dashboard, I've done podcasts on this and those links will be in the show notes at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash new hire. I also have a video online that shows you exactly how to create a performance dashboard for the job. The link will be in the show notes, but you could also go watch the video at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash expectations. And so that's a blog post where I share a seven question quiz to test your understanding about performance expectations. And then I show you how to create a job dashboard. They're easy to create. A job dashboard, just to give you a more technical definition, is a performance management hiring tool that succinctly describes the top three to five performance expectations or priorities that are crucial for superior performance in a position. That's all it is. And they're so simple. And it's something that in my book, 
how to hire superior performers, that's where we start when I ask you to figure out what do you need for success. You know, that's the first step in the process in the job. You know, what are the things that are most important for success? And you look at that and then you find the attributes related to that to help figure out who your top candidates are. And then it's the last step in the process. And that is when your new hire comes on board, review that performance dashboard with them. So I give examples. I've also got a link to a newsletter article that I did around why you need your dashboard. Job descriptions are long and complicated most of the time, and they're more about skills and they're not necessarily about results, you know, and that's good. They do need to see the job description, but they need the dashboard. I need the manual about my car and my car, but the thing I look at the most is the dashboard to make sure I'm on track. Key, 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 key piece of the puzzle when you're setting expectations and you can learn more about that with the links that I share there. I think it's really important, as you can tell, because I'm hammering on it. (laughs) So now we're going to go into some tips and then we'll be wrapping this up. There are 32 tips and they are in three main categories of things you could add to your onboarding or start in your onboarding for new hires. There's welcoming ideas. There's time to productivity tools. And there's additional assimilation and orientation ideas. So all in the show notes, I'm going to read through them very quickly, but you can find them at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash new hire. All right, here are the ideas. These are fun. They are practical. They're all about productivity and they're all designed to help reduce the fear, increase the understanding and improve productivity. So choose the ideas that are going to work best for you and your team and your company that seem doable. If you can only do one thing, if this new hire taking care of them thing is kind of new in your organization, here's the one thing. Do what I just talked about. Create a performance dashboard. And if you have any questions about it, reach out to me. I will have a complimentary conversation with you about doing a performance dashboard for a job. And you can contact me at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash Susie, S-U-Z-I-E. There's my contact form and my number and all that good stuff, right? So here are the 32 tips. We're starting with simple and fun ideas to welcome employees. So as you're listening to these, try to find a couple of things that you can do as you listen outside of what I just said, the performance dashboard, right? I'm not leaving that alone. I want you to do that. All right. See if there's anything that you can do that you can see going over well in your organization. Number one, Have the CEO or top executive welcome the new employee to the organization with a phone call or letter. Number two, have a new hire luncheon on the first day to introduce the team and have everybody meet. Number three, hang a welcome banner for his or her workspace signed by the team. Number four, take a picture, a team picture on the first day and have it signed by all. Number five, place a notice in the local paper welcoming them to let everyone know of your new team member. Consulting firms and law firms do that quite often. You could do that too. Give them a plaque celebrating their first day. Place a welcome note and or picture on your corporate website. Give them a predated five-year pin to show them that you expect them to be part of the team for a long time. Number nine, give them a meet everyone card that requires or rewards them for getting all key team members to sign the card during the first 14 days. Number 10, give them a new hire reserved parking spot to celebrate their first week. Number 11, give them $25 gift certificates to give the top five mentors who helped them the most during their first week or month. Number 12, get the manager to ask them for what they dislike list. Develop a more or less of list and then manage to it. 
Ask them about how they like to be managed. Manage towards it. And I'll jump in on these two that I just mentioned about what they like and dislike. Number 12 and number 13, how do they like to be managed? I'd highly encourage you to think about the process that I mentioned earlier. If you have a talent report on a candidate, or even if you don't, we can run an online assessment very quickly and get you the coaching report that I refer to where it's, it gives you know new hire coaching and working together effectively report, basically, is what it is. And I can give you an agenda how to review that. I can also facilitate that. But it's very cost-effective, easy way to build camaraderie, connection, a relationship, help them know how you like to work. You get to learn about how they like to work. I mean, it's a powerful tool for moving you forward in your relationship and creating trust and connection. And that goes a long way towards people wanting to stay. So if you want to know what they like or dislike, if you want to know how they like to be managed, consider that by reaching out to me. Number 14, give them five free lunch coupons to use with coworkers so that they'll rapidly get to know them and the local restaurants that are nearby. Number 15, expand the recruiter's job description to include staying in touch with their hires and using their knowledge to help managers understand and manage their new employees. So like the human resource manager I was talking about earlier, that's part of their job. Maybe you have that as part of how they get measured, or if you have recruiters, that's how they get measured, and they can play a part in this whole new hire process. And number 16, give them a gallery of pictures of the whole team. So it'd be easy for them to remember everybody's name and their position. And it is a whirlwind. Think about that. Usually your first week, you're trying to figure out where's the restroom, where's the break room, (laughs) where's my desk, where do I park, how do I get here? So you're giving them a picture so they can easily relate to everyone's name. All of that's reducing fear, creating comfort, helping them start to feel a part of something. So those are 16 simple and fun ideas to welcome employees. Now let's go to some time to productivity tools for new employees. Number 17, change the manager and team's performance appraisal and reward systems to include time to productivity. So you know what you measure is what you usually get, right? So how can you change how managers are rewarded so that they are focused on making sure new hires feel productive quickly? Number 18, this is a basic, but unfortunately it gets missed. If you're missing this one, go put this at the top of your list right under the performance dashboard thing that I said I wanted you to do. But prior to starting, set up their email address, their password, their telephone, ID card, corporate credit card, department organizational chart, telephone directory, and more. Get all that and have it ready before they get there. A key piece of new hire satisfaction, and it gets missed in the busyness of busyness. Number 19, provide a glossary of acronyms, buzzwords, and online FAQs so that they quickly feel a part of the company culture. So they don't feel out of the loop when they're in meetings. They have a resource they can go to. Before they know it, they'll know the language as well. But it is like a foreign language sometimes in organizations. So it can decrease the number of errors. It can increase productivity. And again, it's going to help them feel more a part of the organization. Number 20, assign a departmental mentor to assist them during the first month. That's funny because many years ago when I worked at State Farm, I was a departmental mentor for a new hire and she and I are still friends. She says to this day, she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you were my mentor, you know, so those connections can last and she's still with the organization. So assign a departmental mentor to help them during the first month. 
21, give them a copy of the mission and vision statements for your department, for the organization. Sit down and talk about your department's short-term plan and organizational chart. You could do that the day before. In a separate meeting, that's when I want you to go through the performance dashboard with them because that's all about them and their job. You know, and here's the priorities. Here's the things that we're going to be looking at at the end of the day that say this is working or is not working. Have their business cards mailed to them to their house before their first day. That ties with what we talked about earlier about, you know, they're not here until they're here. So how can I stay connected and make sure their momentum still is moving towards us and coming to us and actually starting? Number 23, do a survey of your past new hires and identify what were their problems? What were their frustrations? What are the things that they'd like to do more of and less of? You could use SurveyMonkey. I have a software tool that I use that could create, if you had a lot of people, be more professional to maybe use my software tool, but we can take anonymously so you get really good feedback and have them complete feedback. So that's a thought around figuring out what holes do we need to plug. Number 24, pre-assess the training needs of the candidate and schedule the required development before the candidate starts. With the tools that we use with Trimetrics, you can very clearly see where they match the job and where there are gaps and there are immediate tools that could be part of their development plan. That's one piece that I could help you with. But what else do they need and get it scheduled? Number 25, pre-schedule a series of one-to-one meetings to discuss questions and identify any frustrations or problems. This is a big, easy one because think about how fast a month goes. I mean, I can't believe I'm recording this first week of June, 2018, and it feels like yesterday was January. So if I don't schedule certain appointments with people who help me and work on my team, it will be months sometimes before we actually talk face to face. We email each other. And I know I'm busy, but I'm sure you're even way busier than me. And time goes by fast. So pre-schedule those meetings so that they happen and then don't miss them because of this whole importance of having them feel a part of something. So that's a good, easy one, but important one. Number 26, do a frustration survey among all new hires at the end of the first third and six months managed to the results. So the previous survey was past new hires who are still on board And, you know, it's been a year or more. What do they recall as their frustration? This is a survey of people who are new hires now. And at the end of the first third and sixth month, do a survey. And again, you could use SurveyMonkey or if you wanted it more anonymous and more professional, meaning, you know, software that's, you know, nobody else can get access to reach out to me and I can help you with that. All right. Last set of tips. We're on assimilation and orientation tools. Number 27, don't let the intern or human resource benefits person do the entire orientation. Not that those aren't great people. We love our interns and we love human resource benefits people, but that does not represent the entire company. And that is just details. It's not the essence of the company. I would say make it a priority and get some executives in there. Dump the dull videos and take out all the boring stuff. Make it interactive. Number 28, extend the orientation to at least a week to as much as six weeks so that you don't overwhelm them with information. So don't do it all in one day. Here, dump. Here's everything and that's it. Maybe you do it, you know, a couple hours here and a couple hours there so they can assimilate the information. Number 29, if they're new to the area, so they've just moved to your city or that part of town, give them a list of the best restaurants, the best schools, childcare, 
and whatever else you have in the neighborhood that's going to help them feel more comfortable there. Number 30, if they've relocated, consider getting the spouses and kids of your current employees to help orient the family to the cool things in the community. That could be a meeting or a lunch meeting with you and the family and maybe your family and their family, something like that. Number 31, develop a private new hire Facebook page or a private LinkedIn page to help them help each other. Consider forming, you know, a group where they can answer questions on Facebook and support each other or LinkedIn. Or maybe have all new hires get together and go to lunch. If you have a whole group that is coming in, you know, maybe you go to lunch once a month for the first six months. And so they can all support each other. And last but not least, number 32, do a post-orientation survey and ask them what they want more of and want less of from orientation. Ask them to write down any new ideas or solutions and how they can improve it. All ideas that are doable, all ideas that make sense and are common sense. And now it's just a matter of picking a few and starting. And if you pick some or add to what you're doing, And then continually get feedback. Before you know it, you're going to have a good new hire process. So that is our program today. I want you to check out our show notes because I'll have the infographic there with all the statistics that I shared. And that's at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash new hire. I'll also have the list of the 32 tips there. I'll have the links to the performance dashboard. Everything you need that we've talked about will be there. I encourage you to check out my book. All of this information is in the book, plus so much more about the hiring process, how to make sure you're getting the right people in the right seats. That's at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash hire book. And it has that email option that I talked about in the beginning that are essentially email tips, a tip a day, like their little mini learning bursts. It's a great way to learn and improve your hiring process with um, ongoing drip, drip, drip learning bursts of information. So next couple of episodes will come forward as soon as I can get those recorded. They'll be on additional new hire tips. If you would be willing to go on to iTunes and give us a review about our podcast, that would be awesome. Don't forget, if you do that, it helps other people find us. And it's just great to get feedback. You can also send me a note at pricelessprofessional.com, Susie, S-U-Z-I-E. And you can see our directory of our podcast and get our apps, Android and iPhone app on your phone. So you're immediately notified when there is a new episode. And if you have the app, go on over there. You can send me a comment. You can also do a review from the app. So look forward to that, to hearing from you and look forward to our next episodes on new hires with other more important and fun, good stuff being recorded here on the Wake Up Eager Workforce podcast. Thank you for listening. Hope you have an awesome, awesome day. And until we meet again, take care. This episode of the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast was brought to you by Priceless Professional Development. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to pricelessprofessional.com to gain access to more professional development resources. 